Steam locomotives were some of the most powerful machines ever built. They pulled trains that fueled our imagination. They represented vision, collaboration, ingenuity, customer service, and extraordinary human achievement. But in order to get to their destination, it took someone guiding them through a series of switches in order to get to the main line. Just like leaders today, it takes someone directing them down the right path in order to get to their destination. Welcome to Mainline Executive Coaching ACT, which stands for and Cultural Transformation, hosted by Master Certified Intelligent Leadership Executive Coaches, Michael Bailey and Rich Barron. With over 50 years of successful cultural transformation and quantum leadership development between them. Once again, thanks for joining us and enjoy today's show. Welcome to Mainline Executive Coaching, ACT. We are here tonight with a great topic that we think we'll find very timely, um, very interesting, and uh, almost in some way a little bit prescient in terms of just looking into the future and uh, what's going on, what's happening here. That's what we do. That's what we're doing here to help leaders and to help the cultures work out and find better answers so that they can do the things that they love to do, make the money they do for everyone, not just for some, and also to serve their clients better, to make it better for everyone. That's what we're looking to do here. And this was uh, this will be included in what we're talking about today. Um, I'm Michael Bailey. I'm here with my partner, Rich Barron. Hello. We're talking about the great recoil. You've heard about the great uh, reset. You've heard about the great resignation. Well, there's something that seems to be following. John Matoin has pointed this out. We give him credit for coining that word, that phrase. And uh, this great recoil, and if you take a look at it, it is just a natural human reaction that's going on here. And unless you're plugged in and paying attention, you're going to miss this. And leaders, you can't afford to miss it. This is something on your radar that you ought to be paying attention to. Or, you know, that old saying, come around and bite you in the butt. <laughs> won't be a pleasant moment for him, Rich, will it? No, it won't. Okay, and, just talk I, about and actually, there's, there's, a lot of, uh, there's a lot of trouble on the horizon that we're we're finding out about yeah 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 obviously it's a lot of stuff going on and how can leaders smart leaders paying attention uh really take care of their organizations and their people and create a, a great culture that makes it possible for everybody to get through this and do well so right. uh great recoil rich what is the great recoil all about well l- let me back up a little bit we we titled this um podcast is it just about making money is that truly what's going on out there? Is that really the focus of why we're in business? And absolutely important for that revenue stream to be coming in. But why did you, you need to ask yourself, why did you go into this business to begin with? And why did you bring the people around you on, on board? Was it simply to make money or was it to make a solid organization that could carry on through the future and build a legacy. So here's the problem. Let's talk about this great recoil. There was a great resignation. Uh, we knew about that. This is a lot of that had to do with toxic cultures. Toxic cultures are 10 times more predictive in determining employee retention than uh, wages are, which is, you know, a very 
big indicator that you need to be paying attention to what's going on with the people in your organization. Opening up that dialogue, <clears throat> because like you said, the great recoil is coming. And essentially what that great recoil is, is it's these people that stuck it out. They stuck it out through the, the, the pandemic. They stuck it out through these toxic cultures. They stuck it out through these issues that all compiled over the last couple of years and, and they're tired. But, and they, they were afraid to leave during this time, but now they're getting ready to mobilize. And we've been talking to some, some people, and even with uh, John Matone, who is uh, CEO of John Matone Global, the world's number one executive coach, was just on uh, a show the other day talking about this toxic culture and this great recoil, how if, if leaders do not pay attention now to their cultures, if they if and if the only thing they're paying attention to is revenue, getting more revenue, more sales, whatever that is, without really paying attention to the why you're in business, the why you have people, the why you know your whatever your value is, and who these people are, who these people are, you're in for a rude awakening, because it, we've been you know from what we're being told and from what we're we're seeing. This great, great recoil could far out surpass what this great resignation was. You know, it's not hard to figure this out. A toxic culture. It's not too dissimilar when you really take a look at it in terms of a toxic relationship. Let's right. just reduce it down to a level that everybody can really get. If you've ever been in a toxic relationship um, where you feel like you're giving, you're giving, you're giving, you're doing the best that you can to support the relationship, the other person. And for whatever reason, they're just not paying attention. They're not really listening to you. They're not, you know, uh, reciprocating in kind in terms of making that relationship really work. They are fault finding there. They withhold praise. They withhold any kind of uh, rewards. I mean, they're just kind of stingy, might say emotionally stingy and tight and uh, uncaring, unfeeling. Uh, how long can you be in a relationship like that? Some people are re recognize those relationships fairly quickly and they bail. Other people, it takes some some while, at some time. It takes a while for them to figure that out. Some people will go along for years and just tolerate it and tolerate it and tolerate it. But at some point, there'll be a breaking point where they just kind of snap out and go, what am I doing? Why am I here? Why am I putting up with this jerk? Why am I allowing myself to be demeaned and put down and uh, disappointed time and time and time again? If you've ever been there, or you've seen other people have been there, that's exactly what a toxic culture creates. A feeling of being devalued, a feeling of not uh, being cared for, looked after, appreciated, all those kinds of things. It's the same kind of thing that's going on now. Yep. So what, what do people do? They get angry, they get upset. Yep. They've just, the point where they've had it. Now here's the difference. This, this whole thing that went on with COVID gave everybody a moment to pause. Yep. To stand back. To look at it, you know, yeah. what, what, what's really going on here? And you see it in all sorts of ways, kids and schools and politics and all sorts of things that are going on, things in the world. We're all getting a chance just to pause, slow down and look at things objectively. Same thing with our cultures and our workplaces. And so this is, this is a moment where people are really evaluating. And we've seen it with some organizations, haven't we? When they've they've had this chance to take a look at, I put my yeah. heart and soul into this. I've done my best. I've really you know put out. I've really been engaged to make this organization great. 
and the, some of these organizations come back with a just you know back of the hand they don't seem to yeah. care at all and, and they don't seem to get it you know they don't you know we, we talked about this the other day that 93 percent of these ceos global ceos thousands of them in the survey all agreed 93 percent that there are some serious talent management challenges that lay ahead but when asked if you're doing anything about it 61 percent of those haven't done a thing haven't even started 61 percent that's that's a big number and that's it goes back to just exactly what you said everybody during the pandemic uh there was a lot of fear a lot of fear driven decisions a lot of fear um, you know, we, we shut down schools, we shut down grocery stores, we, you know, all these different things we did, we changed people's lives, we, you know, a lot, and in some cases, these people didn't want to leave their work, they didn't dare, they didn't know what the future brought, but suddenly we're coming out the other side, 2021, people are starting to see that and say, forget this. I'm not going to stay here. I'm not going to stay in this type of culture, this and this toxic culture that has that does not appreciate me, that continues to be fear driven or money centric driven or numbers driven yeah. organizations yeah. that don't take into account how they actually get get to that end goal. Forgetting they, people, the goal, they don't know how they get there. Forgetting the people, absolutely. That's that's, that's a terrible thing. So in a, in a way, you know, Rich, we can look at it this way. We can look at it like, you know, we're we're giving you a heads up here, leaders. We're giving you kind of a warning that this is coming up. I wouldn't take it as a warning. I take it as a real definite red flag. The red light is flashing. We're there at a crisis stage. And if you don't recognize that, if you want to put your head in the sand and say, that's not affecting me, that's not my company, it's not the people that we're working with, you want to do that, you may have some big surprises coming up. And we don't say that in terms of just being provocative, just, uh, you know, to, a little histrionics here. We're not doing that at all. It's actually there's there's something going on in the culture, in the workplace that smart leaders know how to bring their people in. Smart yes. leaders know how to connect with their people. Smart people, uh, smart leaders know how to make that connection and make that contribution to their individual uh, employees at all levels to help them see the value of not only what they do and you know what what we are about here and how to get things done but also that you know i i'm glad you're here because what, you're here and what you bring is your talents your experiences all these great things your personality you know yeah. it's that who you are and why you've come here that makes the big difference because out of that creates the opportunity really and truly here it's a kind of interesting thing of this of compassion sounds well, weird yeah. but it is compassion, compassion. That empathy too. That empathy. I'm glad we're here. We're here together. Yeah. You no, know, we're going through this together. I get it. So let's create trust. Yeah. Loyalty both ways, and it also creates a new kind of confidence in the organization because we know each other. We know we know what's going on here. We trust each other. We're working together. So it stops being about just politics. Yeah. Favoritism, just the select few. It really right. becomes about it. You know, the principle here is. If we succeed, we all succeed. All, yep. you know, the the water, the tide yep. raises all ships. You know, I, I got to tell you this, an example of this, Michael. And I think I, I've talked to you about it before, but I went in to visit this, this organization uh, some time ago. And uh, the person I was meeting with uh, was 
the vice president of operations, okay, and uh, a general manager for this organization. And so I went in uh, with them, and it was really nice uh, conference room. However, when I got there, I walked into the front office, okay? This is always an indication, and I'll, I'll tell you what, anytime I walk into a company, we've done this before, I'll look at that front office. What does it look like? What do you have on your wall? What does, how, you know, what's the receptionist like? Is there a receptionist? Um, you know, and then this one I walked into, it was dark. There was no one there. Uh, there was kind of a janitor cart pushed off to the side of the front reception desk. Uh, really nothing on the walls. And I'm thinking, am, am I, and I, I was asking myself, am I in the wrong place? You know, pretty soon someone came around the corner, said, hey, you know, we'll come back and uh, talk now. So they took me down this hallway and into this conference room, and it was a super nice conference room, really nice glass walls. But here's the kicker. Across the hallway, across the hallway was obviously uh, the president of the company. Now, I knew this was a family-owned company, uh, and I, I talked to him about that before. And his office was straight across glass walls, so you could see him in his office. And I met with this vice president of operations and this general manager who I'll tell you, they've been road hard and put away wet. They looked just frazzled. And and it made me, once we, we talked about some things, and it made me truly wonder what was going on. And pretty soon this guy across the hallway stood up, come across, and, uh, you know, he had all these, you know, super nice office, all these things come across. And he opened the door and pretty much demanding did his vice president of operations stop what he was doing with me now because he needed to have a conversation with him immediately about some other things. And this, these guys said, well, okay, I'll be right with you. Just a minute. Let us, let us finish here. And the guy was like, no, I need you now. Your conversation's done. And I need you to come over and talk to me. Well, it, I'll tell you what, this guy across the hallway and uh, if I and I actually looked out in the parking lot at some of the, the vehicles are out there. And that's not really too much of an indication. But obviously, there was a lot of money here. Obviously, this person was more interested in himself than anything else that anybody else in his company was doing. And these two guys were kind of embarrassed about how they were asked to, you know, end this conversation. So the vice president, of, uh, uh, the VP got up, walked out. And I could see him over in this office just getting his butt chewed, just getting chewed. And the the GM that was left with me was talking to me, and we and it was kind of trying to, you know, distract me from what was going on across the way. But you really couldn't because it was all glass; it was all right there. You could see right through everything. But in in the end, you know, it turns out that that this company was making money hand over fist, but they were hemorrhaging employees for this same problem we're talking to, this toxic culture. And here's the kicker. It was, it was evident at the very top. Vice president of operations, it was evident at the very top that the culture there was not conducive to anything other than what this guy across the hallway wanted. You, you bring up an interesting point, this idea of toxic culture. It's interesting. Most people, when they're hired into a new organization, they're pretty excited yeah. about it. In fact, we know looking at 
cultural uh, surveys that it's the people have been there at the sh a fairly short period of time, maybe one or two years, sometimes yeah. maybe going to five. They're the ones that are all excited. The ones that have been there longer, they start going down in terms of their motivation, their sense of connection, the sense of, yeah. you know, the belief in the organization and what it does and all that kind of stuff. And then at the very top, it seems to bounce back up again. Yeah. It's an interesting thing. And I think there's, there's something here about this idea of toxic culture. What does, and, and talent, yeah. toxic culture and talent. What does toxic culture do to talent? I'll tell you what it does. Toxic culture poisons talent. Talent, yeah. That's what it does. It poisons it. And so poison talent doesn't look as shiny, as bright, as happy, as excited, as enthusiastic, as believing, as energetic, as yeah. with it, as eager. It doesn't have any of those senses of what we're all about, why I'm here, why I'm all about here, and who it is I am, the talents that I've got to bring to it. So leaders, let's get real. <laughs> Time to get real here. And that is, <clears throat> you gave it a good, good example of what a toxic culture can look like just looking at the physical situation. Yeah. So just seeing there's certain things that are missing, certain sense of personalities, certain things that are just put in place that uh, just seem a little odd, seem a little bare, you know, they just seem a little, you know, just just utilitarian rather than a place where people come to work because they work. People spend more time oftentimes at work than they do at home. Good grief. Let's be. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And so uh, the other one is this. Uh, walk into this organization I've done some work with and uh, they call me back to do some more stuff with them. And the place looks just the opposite of what you talked about. It is clean. It is kept up. It's got magazines and everything's in place. Yep. And there's the there's a couple of great people there at the front desk checking people in and all that kind of stuff. But you walk around the place and you look at the expressions on people. Yeah. The veneer of success, the veneer of we're connected, the veneer of we're working in it together is there. But you start looking at the faces, you start looking at the eyes. They're tired. Yeah. They're worn down. They don't feel appreciated. Appreciated. They don't feel connected. They really don't feel like they, they belong. But there's that kind of veneer. So there's the obvious kind of stuff. And, and, and leaders, as you take a look at your culture here, I mean, is it like, is this a place that you would want to work at? The way it's just, is it cold? Is it warm? Is it bright? Is it dull? Is it lively? Is it low energy? Really take a look at, honestly, get your critical thinking out and look at it without the bias. Yeah. Put your bias to the side and just look at it critically. Just evaluate. And if you can't see it clearly, have somebody come in. Have somebody else come in. Just take a look at it. Just say, yeah. when you come in here, do you feel like you're welcome? Do you feel like you're warm? And yeah. it's going to be a great place. It's a great environment to work. It's a great place to do business. Or do you feel like something else is going on here? You need to bring somebody else if just to come take Something's it. off. Yeah. yeah, find out. Get some real honest feedback. And that feedback... <laughs> it's not pleasant, but sometimes the unpleasant, sometimes even the brutal honesty of it, you know, yeah. is what you need as a wake up call here. Um, we suggest that you do that. And I'll tell you something else what we suggest. Do that culture surveys. We've got a couple of them. They'll really take a look at it. And if you recoil, and we're talking about the great recoil, but if you as a leader recoil at the idea of having somebody coming and doing a real scientific, deep survey on your leadership, 
your your C-level people, maybe your directors also, and then going into the culture. If you recoil at the idea, what will they find? Maybe not even what you'll find. The first thing you'll start going is maybe what's it going to cost? Recoil at the idea of putting some money to find out what's really going on here. Recoil at the idea of what, what they may find out, what it is they may not understand about how things really work here. They, they're going to, you know, whatever that thing is, you find yourself recoiling. That's probably a really good indicator. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this is what you should do. It's kind of like your wife or your, your spouse or your, your significant other coming to you and it's kind of out of the blue. Yeah, I think I want to end this relationship. <laughs> And you're shocked by it. You can't. It's really great for me. Well, it hasn't been for the other side. No. And here's my <laughs> keys. I'll let myself out. And so is it better to take it right there, straight in the face, go after it, see what's yeah. going on here to find out what's happening? Or would rather get a two by four in the head or the back of the head when you weren't expecting it? Yeah. It takes See, This is what we talk about. This is exactly what we talk about here. It's courage. Yes, absolutely. The courage and the ability to be and the willingness to be, not just willingness to be, but to actually do it, to go out there and be vulnerable, to be open, to be transparent, to be authentic, to be honest. That's not an easy thing to do, but I'm going to tell you, sooner or later, you know, it kind of comes around, or comes around, what goes around, comes around. And so this is uh, this is maybe a good time to have a wake-up call and get ahead of the stampede. Yep. <laughs> turning around and the stampede is bearing down on you. (laughs) Here's here's the kicker. Here's the kicker. If we want to break this down to the financial end and you really want to talk about, is it just about making money? Remember, remember this, that it costs about a third of that in person's salary to find their replacement. About a third, 33%. That's the national average. They go up to 50%. At fifty percent for C level people, it can be yeah, it can be up to up to fifty percent for someone in an executive positions. So if you're so it's cheaper, and I'll t- I'll tell you what for one C level person, it's cheaper to do a cultural analysis. It's cheaper to do a a, a, a seminar with your leadership to really determine are you ready for. Uh, to do what it's going to take to turn your culture around, then it's going to then what it's going to take to replace one executive leader in your organization. You know, we sometimes get a little uh, dubious about HR people. We know HR people are really have their hearts in the right place, and they work hard. That they are they're really doing the best to you know to figure out what it needs to be done and to get the right people in there. But the fact of the matter, HR only hits hits about about a third of the time they struggle yes and that's that actually that's actual statistics yeah that's actual statistics and and the reason if, if that's going on in your organization that's another clue and that is at some level hr really doesn't get you know what i mean not just intellectually emotionally but in their gut get they're not they don't really get what your company is all about i mean we talked about this before when your kid's off doing something and you go, you look at it and go, hey, there's something off about that kid. You you see it, you know it, you feel it intrinsic to it. It's like, this is like, what now? You get yep. that. You can see it a yep. mile away. And that's the way it needs to be with everybody in your organization, organization, that ability to see when somebody's off, when it's just not working, when something's not going right, especially with your, your C-level people, your directors, your HR people. Yep. 
If that's not going on there, then they don't really know. They don't really get your business. They don't really get it. And if that's the case, whose fault is that? No, right. it's, not, it's not your mom's fault. It's, yeah. it's your fault. It's your fault. It's your fault. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Let's wrap this up. So we're going to invite you once again, get a hold of us. Let's take a look at what may be going on. Maybe the very thing that you need at this point in time to have that wake up call before the two by four to the back of the head. Things yeah. not looking right, feeling right, just something's off that you know is I did something about. Better to find out now rather than be served the divorce papers when you're just not ready. And yeah, she is exactly right. Or he is, depending. All right. There we go. Okay. Once again, we have come to the end of a, another episode of Mainline Executive Coaching ACT. And we hope that you, you, you listen to us, you take our advice to heart, give us a call, and let's, let's talk some more. Uh, we would love your feedback, and we would love to sit down with you. So um, big shout out tonight to we're, we're getting more and more people from, uh, from Asia listening to us, different countries in Asia, Taiwan, Thailand, uh, China, uh, Japan, we're getting a lot of, yeah, a lot of, a lot of people starting to listen to our podcast. So shout out to everybody in Asia. You got it. You guys are the best. All right. Wrap it up here. All right. Take care. Take care of each other. And we'll see you again next time. All right, folks. All the best to you. Night. With all of the issues facing leaders and organizations today, you need executive coaching more than ever. Go to our websites, richbarronexecutivecoaching.com or michaelbailey.com. You can also find us both on LinkedIn. Reach out to us and let's sit down and find out just how bright your future can be with executive coaching. We'd also like to thank all of our supporters in over 60 countries and 600 cities worldwide will help to make us one of the top executive coaching podcasts in the world. From Rich Barron and Michael Bailey, this is Mainline Executive Coaching ACT. Thank you and take care.